Hello everybody, my name is Ryan Hooper and this is Product Hunt Radio. I'm here with Ben, Josh, and we're actually at Everywhere Else Conference in Memphis, Tennessee. And, you know, sorry for the uh, the poor quality of audio here. We're actually in, I don't know what this is, like a garage? <laughs> Looks like a garage to me. Yeah, a garage with uh, yeah, like some unfinished floor. It's, uh, I'll send a picture with the post. Lots of other uh, ways. Yeah, I know. If you guys are hungry, <laughs> there we go. We just got some chips, some pound cake, some beer. I like it. Uh, do you guys want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, okay, I'll go first. Uh, my name is uh, Benny Oskovich. Um, currently work for Salesforce. I got to Salesforce through an acquisition of a company that I worked for called GoInstant. We were acquired in 2012, um, and I had been with the company for about a year. And the company was quite young when it was acquired, about 18 months old. Prior to that, I ran a startup accelerator uh, in Montreal called Year One Labs. Uh, and GoInstant and, and Salesforce, I guess, uh, we're based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Obviously, Salesforce is based in San Francisco, but they have a satellite office. Well, they have satellite offices all over the place, and one of them happens to be in Halifax on the east coast of Canada. What, what is, can you talk briefly about GoInstant? Sure. Yeah, uh, so GoInstant is a platform for developers to build real-time applications. Um, and so uh, allows them to... We started primarily in sort of the real-time collaborative space. So if you think of simple use cases like chat... Uh, we just launched um, Operational Transformation API, OT for short. So that's for things like doing Google Docs, like people overwriting each other. So primarily for developers that want to add um, real-time capabilities. Um, and so and it's that, and then we sort of also talk about it a little bit as a backend as a service, right? So don't need a database, don't need a server uh, to build your client-side application. Yeah. What do you do, Josh? I just realized there's a big... Cardboard box with laughing taffy. Oh. <laughs> just, if you saw me grinning, it was not because I was laughing. I just—I like, thought you were really excited about what no, I was. I, mean, you know, I was really excited, but there was also a massive thing walking a laughing taffy right there. You know, real time is cool, but laffy taffy. <laughs> no, no, I can't beat that. I can't, can't beat that. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. My name is Josh Miller. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, yeah. I was one of the co-founders of a company called Branch. Um, Built a lot of different products around, uh, all centered around conversations, and most notably a product called Branch, uh, which a lot of big media companies and publishers used. Also built um, a mobile application called Potluck, which was essentially one big online community, and a couple fun little experiments, uh, phone tag, uh, friend libs, a bunch of random stuff. Um, recently, got company got acquired by Facebook uh, in January, so been working there, um, building the first product uh, remotely for them, based out of the New York office. Um, New standalone app for their creative labs initiative. So, and you're also working with DataWorks. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Getting me not in trouble. Uh, um, I am a venture partner at DataWorks, which basically means like for a long time, kind of like I'm sure both of you have met with a lot of entrepreneurs and people building stuff, just because yeah. that's fun for me. And you know, to date, I've only kind of given advice. So when the acquisition happened, kind of went to Borthwick and a couple other people um, ended up choosing DataWorks and said, "Hey, why not give them money?" Um, when there's people I really like. So I really like Betaworks. I really like their philosophy around investing. They're primarily a studio that builds products now. So their perspective around investing is just to build an awesome network of people, um, not necessarily like get a return. They don't have any LPs. So it's a lot. I don't know. I like that vibe of approaching entrepreneurs. We're just like, we have, you know, we're networking with cool people, and that's why we invest. Um, and that's the pitch that I got. Betaworks is an investor in us, and that really resonated. So yeah. it's cool to kind of come full circle and try and help out with that stuff. Yeah, I like what Betaworks is doing, and there are more of these incubators. And I think I mentioned this, maybe it was on the first podcast with, uh, do you know Sean and Furkan from uh, Monkey Inferno, by chance? So they're like an idea lab 
backed by Michael Birch and uh, a different model of works, but similar in that they always they have a team of people, uh, small teams of one to three people working on products and uh, experimenting and doing a lot of things. So uh, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating model. Um, so cool. Uh, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, like really the inspiration for product type was like just to talk about products with cool people. And so I figured why not like turn it into a podcast and do that. So real uh, life product. I know. Exactly. <laughs> IRL product. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, um, you know, inception, like yo dog meme here, like started off with real life conversations going online and now pulling it back offline. Yeah. So then putting it online. So Ben, you, uh, you have a really cool app you want to talk about, which, uh, I'll let you do the honors of introducing. Sure. So, um, I think it was a couple of days ago. I'm looking at it on product Hunt now. It's a, a game called four snaps. Um, and so, um, the guy that posted describes it as Snapchat plus draw something. But the the more interesting thing, so Four Snaps is cool. It didn't get as many votes, to be honest with you, as I thought it would, which was kind yeah. of disappointing. But the thing that was really cool that caught my eye was that um, was the story behind it. So the founder is now 17 years old. So I think he was 15 or 16 when he did, probably 16. But yeah. a, So a 17-year-old, I can say kid because I'm much older than 17. So a 17-year-old kid comes onto Product Hunt and says, hey, that's my, you know, I did four snaps. I did it for fun. Um, you know, he saw a use case. I think it was his sister that was doing something with Snapchat and then, like, taking, like, um, screen captures and sending them from, from her phone. So he's like, I'm going to make a game out of this. Um, so the story was really cool. You know, the app did, you know, the game does, you know, fairly well um, in the app store. Um, and then it gets noticed by Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. right? So then he gets noticed by Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, um, uh, at, you know, offers him a job, offers this kid, Michael Saban, a job. I'm like, that's, and he didn't take the job, I guess, because um, he's still in high school. But I think that, to me, was really cool. First of all, it's great to see people who are, you know, in high school building actual products and learning to code. And I have, I have two young kids, um, nine and six. Like, see what Michael's doing. He can do that. Right. And I'm like, yeah, well, so like I have these, these kids, right? And they're, they're into tech. They're into things like Minecraft. And I'm like, what you really need to be doing is like building stuff, right? And coding and learning to do that. Whether you become a developer or not, it's like you can build stuff now. 17-year-old can build a game, put it on the app store, get the attention of Facebook, get the attention of Mark Zuckerberg, get offered a job. Like, yeah. You know, anyway, so I think that's, that was, that was really cool. I saw that. I thought that was really neat. And I think, uh, that's part of the thing that makes product hunt interesting is, um, not just that it was a 17 year old, but just the stories behind the products. Right. So, um, you know, the part that can be a little bit scary of things like product hunt is when it just becomes promotional, but if it becomes about like, Hey, I built this app. I think it's cool. Get genuine feedback. There's a story behind the app. Like, why did you create it? And oftentimes when you get pitched by somebody, you're like, that's the question you really want to ask, right? Because you've seen that app or something similar a thousand times. You're like, how did you get to this point where you decided you had to, like, make this thing? So anyway, four snaps to me, um, you know, aside from the game and that part of it, I just think it's, like, it's a really cool story. Um, And and it's, it's an awesome example for high school students or anybody to sort of, like, get up and just create something. Yeah, it's, um, the animations are so fun, too. It's very bubbly and, uh, you can tell that it's it's built by a teenager, but like in a good way. Like yeah. it has a teenager vibe. And I actually was emailing with Michael, I think the day before he posted on Product Hunt, and okay. uh, I was asking some questions because he he was looking to get some press for his big launch, and um, and he told me kind of a few different stories, and one of them was his parents like they're they're non technical and they're not like into technology at all, and and he said his parents thought like coding was illegal, and because I think it's it's maybe this this. <laughs> Uh, perception in Hollywood where there's like hackers and people like on computers doing like 
uh, nefarious things. And I thought it was just hilarious, but you know, this kid who doesn't have like parents to, I mean, they support him, but not support him technically, or like push him in that direction, he did it all himself. Right. And use technology like parts and others, uh, which just make it so much easier to build things today. Right. So it, it turns out, I'm, I'm just reading the comments now, he did take an internship for the summer with yeah. Facebook. So that's pretty cool. That's super cool. Um, yeah, well, and I think, like, I, I mean, I see that with people that we've hired at GoInstant in the past as well, like, you know, you know, 20-ish, right? They graduate from university, and their parents still today, right? So the, that generation, the parents are still saying things like, but there's no money in programming. I'm like, what are you at? Like, yeah. you know, so it's similar to that. It's like, why would you go into that? Like, I don't, like, development, hacking, programming, what is that? Like, you should be a doctor. Like, if you're, you know, there's other professions that we, you know, people sort of understand as being success right. um, so I think that that's funny but that's clearly going to change right so like for me and like my kids it's like you're, you got to learn how to code you don't have to be a developer or a program you don't have to be the best at it but learn how to code right learn how to start your own company and do your own thing so yeah. I think that that mentality is definitely changing but what was also funny is so Carmel at Panda wrote bio piece did an interview with him when he was in, in San Francisco a couple days ago for F8 and she told this story I'll link to the, the article it's really good and he told told his story, and uh, he would just ignore his homework. Like he would tell his, his parents would like be noticing that like, you're not doing your homework. He said like coding and building this product, and you know of course there's there's some you do need to learn a certain number of things in high school, but at the same time like his time is probably better spent actually building this app and, and pursuing like what he's probably going to do long term anyway. And so that at least in a whole other conversation about education like what should you be learning um, and at what age. But uh, I think he's just a really good example of uh, someone that can actually achieve like something pretty remarkable at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it would be it would be kind of cool to see if, if Product Hunt gets more, because they're clearly more than him, you know, high school age uh, students creating products, building apps, coding stuff. So it'd be kind of cool to see if, if on Product Hunt, we see more of that. Like, yeah. you know, they're not necessarily going to be big and huge professional type things. They're not going to necessarily raise capital or whatever. Yeah, probably Maybe they're not even real businesses, you yeah. know. But that's fine. Like, just to see that, I think would be would be uh, would be cool to see. Yeah. Well, this is going to sound super self promotional, but like one of my goals with Product Hunt ultimately is to, and I hate using this word sometimes, but democratize like product discovery and product creation. Like right now, a lot of the companies that do get attention and get users are ones that have either money to pay for users or they have connections like through press. But there's no reason why Michael and others who have no connection but build a good product can't be discovered and, and uh, connect with their audience. So that's kind of one of my goals. Yeah, cool. absolutely. What are, you, what are you digging, Josh? I just continue to be really impressed with the Snapchat guys. Um, I guess the disclosure is Evan's kind of become a friend over the past year and a half. Um, but I mean, just I, I tend to be hard on my friends too, and I've just yeah. been, especially this latest release that they just launched today. Yeah. Um, they're just so thoughtful in what they do. But the the just I love how novel the stuff they do is. So I remember when Snapchat Stories came out, I was like, this is ridiculous. This this is completely tangential from the product. Like yeah. this, they like, just shoved this in. There's no way it's gonna work. And lo and behold, it has an insane uptake, and you know, all my sister friends are using it now. My friends are using it, and, um, yeah. and just this latest update, you know, the, it's easy to say the headlines are, you know, Snapchat does chat, but they did so many of these little UX um, just additions that make it so cool and novel. So I'm I'm having some FOMO effect here because I haven't tried it yet. I've been reading, of course, in the morning. I saw right. saw the video, but I haven't tried the new update. What's 
So the, I know the high level, but what, what the is, one that sticks out for me is if you are in a chat window, or like if you're on the chat uh, with someone, the other person at the same time, it kind of tells you that you're there, and you can really like real time presence. Yeah, exactly. So it'll say you know, full circle, see what I did there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you hold the screen, you can go into a live video chat with them. Okay. Which is awesome because I've noticed that a lot of my college friends, you know, when we're hungover in bed, we'll do um, FaceTimes, yeah. which like at first is like, this is ridiculous, but now it's actually really fun. And I notice when I go home, my sister does a lot of FaceTimes. And there's something about just that immediate, like, seeing the person talking to them that's really, really cool. But I, I just love that all of the product design comes out of this higher level goal, which is we want to make conversations on the phone and digitally more reflect like it is in the real world. So they don't say, hey, chat's blown up, WhatsApp just got acquired, we need to add chat, which I feel like a lot of people do. They say, we still have this goal, and what it, what it helps achieve that goal, not traditional chat. Video is more like that, or a couple of the other things that you go read about. So I just like the thoughtfulness about it, and that it's not reactive to what's going on in the community, or what's like popular in the PM world. It's reactive to their goal that they've always had, and that's really cool. Yeah, I, I'm also impressed. Frankly, I'll be honest, when I first saw Snapchat, like many other people, I I liked it, I used it, but at the same time, I didn't quite know if they if it was all a mistake, happy accident, Yeah. in that I think mean, had a lot of things going for it. Like, the product was very well done. Uh, it blew up partly because of the sexting press, which is like the best thing that ever could have happened to it. Uh, but I was like, okay, is they, are they, do they have the talent to actually make this into a big business and, and continue to so I think that's really interesting because it wasn't really well done. It was really shitty design. At least you, it's unlike the yeah. app you guys just talked about. You would have picked up Snapchat a year ago and would have been like, this thing? Mm-hmm. And even now, like it's getting a lot better. But like relative to paper, for example, it's not a well necessarily well-executed app that wows you. Um, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So one thing I think that branch over, like one of my big learnings was like, we were really big and popular in like the San Francisco tech product community. Yeah. Branch was this really novel product, but novel in a way that like made a lot of strategic sense. And like a lot of the features we released, we thought were really good because like product people like them, yeah. um, and because they made a lot of sense. And in the grand scheme of things, like that was kind of like a false positive. So yeah. um, I just think I'm 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 learning this myself because I love having these conversations about product stuff. But just thinking about the things that actually do take off, I see, like, aren't necessarily the ones that I gra- would gravitate towards on the product on homepage. I don't know if that's a failing of me and what I look to, but, um, well, there's yeah. Like two, there's, like, two conversations you just, like, spun out there. One of them is that in Silicon Valley where, um, I mean, I'm from, you're, you're in New York, right? So, yeah. Yeah. But well, I guess I'm in the general, like, the tech world. But, yes, in the tech world, uh, in general, we're, we're very much in, like, a bubble in how we, how we think about products in many ways. So, do you need to get outside of it? But back to your point about Snapchat being not a great product in the beginning and I actually do agree I think the usability and uh, some of the decisions they made early on it's like very unusual and very weird and it made me really realize that ultimately at the end of the day uh, it doesn't always matter about the entire experience sometimes it's just like that one core inside of that one core thing which for them was how do you make communication visually like as quick and easy as possible yeah and actually I should not do it but I should clarify I think it's very thoughtfully executed so for example the fact that they pop the camera first I don't know why people don't talk about that more I think that was a huge like UX like win that like it changes the default, which is like you create, you create, you see the camera. Um, the fact that Snapchat stories were in the same flow as 
how you'd send snaps before was really, really smart. Mm -hmm. I just mean it doesn't have those crazy animations that make you smile. It's not the best UI. Yeah. And so this is what I fight with a lot. If I think about a lot of the apps that I start using a lot, yeah. they don't, they're not the best executed. It's almost like, um, I just thought it's an algae fly, so it may be really terrible, but like my favorite restaurants, they're not necessarily the most thoughtfully interior, like decorated or have a fancy menu. Yeah, they're not the most polished. No, it's like the home, you know, yeah. it's, it's that kind of in... Uh, Whatever, you know, and I think that's something that I'm starting to learn about like products is that the most thoughtfully crafted doesn't necessarily mean the most successful. And that's what you yeah. know, what we just got excited about was like all oh, the animations that they are fun. And they, you know, I love going, yeah. we were but, fun. Keep but those yeah. probably it's probably doesn't matter in right. the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but I mean, quite a few messaging apps that I've like that I've tried out are not like the most polished apps that exist, right? Like, it's just something about the experience. Yeah, the WhatsApp I, background is just... Well, yeah, WhatsApp is a good yeah. example of that, yeah. right? Like, it's just sort of like, you look at it, you're like, well, that's not super pretty, right. but it but it just works. And I find, like, like one of the things with some of them that I've tried um, is just the speed. Like, it's one of, you know, like, when you message somebody and it says, like, sent, delivered, read, For like, sure. instantly, you're like, like, you might as well be in the same room at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. So it's things like that that I think, you know, depending on the type of app, right? But... Um, it's not always the polish that, you know, like you can definitely over-polish things, I think, to the point where you sort of lost the purpose of why you were yeah. doing it. And first that's place. actually one thing we ran into with the brand, is that when we first designed it, we tried to, like, make the branding, like, what would the New York Times look like, you know, like today? <laughs> yeah. Like, but I think that was, like, how we designed the logo. The interface was super minimal, gorgeous. People, like, commented on design yeah. all the time, which was awesome, except our stated goal was, like, get the people who don't feel comfortable publishing on the internet to publish on the internet for the first time. Right. So it was awesome for the New York Times, and it was awesome for MG Siegler, but when I tried to get my roommates to use it, that really polished design made it feel like, whoa, this is like some fancy shit I can't touch. Right, right, right. So, you know, I think there, if your goal is to get the fancy people, or, you know, like, there's, polish is good for certain things, but it's also yeah. very detrimental to other things. So. Oftentimes, it's a small piece of the product that makes up 80% value, and the polish is that extra, like, skim on the top, the 10%, 20%, but... You know that's not going to make you like a, a bad versus good product yeah. in general. Uh, yeah, actually, going back to your point about speed, there's somebody I forgot who was. Maybe it was might have been Jack Altman. He mentioned uh, was it him? Yeah, he uses that. So Jack Altman. Uh, sorry, random aside. Yeah, used to date the best friend of my ex girlfriend. So I know <laughs> I'm from college in a like not tech context at all. Okay, so that's weird to hear that name. Yeah, so he was uh, on the podcast two episodes ago. Is he like an investor now or something, or what? Um, he's actually a Teespring. He was an investor. Oh, okay. he's a, sorry, uh, sorry, not to derail. I was yeah. just like, Jack, <laughs> what are we, where is small room? Anyway, but he, he was like, I mean, he, this is a, a tweet he put out. He's like, yeah, I use Snapchat to like, re like write down, like record a, a phone number. It was the quickest application to record something. Wow, that's super. Versus yeah. like opening up notes, typing something in, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. off camera. Right. Um, it's just so quick. And I do the same thing every now and then. But I want to do something. I and I'll just send it to himself. Yeah, just send it to himself. Huh. I'll, I'll say I Snapchat. Uh, I've been doing Snapchat art. I'm kind of like a Snapchat artist now. It's gonna be my new tagline. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. So I'll use Snapchat and I'll like just save it to my camera roll and then tweet it out and add it emojis and filters. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, which you know, again, going back to like what Snapchat is in the future, I'm wondering if they will allow an easier way to broadcast uh, content out. I mean, yeah. I know it's very much about communication, but. Um, we'll be interested to see if they start spreading out there. The thing I've been pushing Evan to do, and, I've, and it's slowly starting to happen organically, because I don't know if they're actually playing on is I really want celebrities. Like, you know, the awesome thing about Twitter and the whole appeal was that it connects you to people that, like, you otherwise wouldn't be connected to. Yeah. But it's now, like, such the broadcast medium that it's, like, 
it's not really as authentic versus like the whole point of Snapchat. Like, how much would you love to see false Snoop Dogg around? <laughs> just like fucking snap in like a story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that like, I just think that, and we're like Tiesta, like behind the stage, like seeing the crowd drop. Like, I don't know, I think there's a huge opportunity there that we should, I think would scare, should scare the shit out of Twitter. Um, but yeah. So you, at Potluck, you started experimenting with Snapchat. I remember, uh, I think you tweeted yeah. something like, <laughs> yeah. follow us on Snapchat. And, uh, you're doing some fun stuff there. Did you do you have any specific goal with that, or was it just like an experiment? No, it was just an experiment. We were in that we were in this phase of um, it was actually the team didn't know at the time, but I was going through all these acquisition offers, so I, we were kind of like figuring out things to do because we couldn't really touch the product. And um, uh, I was kind of wondering because you guys were experimenting with so many different ideas. Yeah, so phone tag, for example, is like I was in San Francisco at the time when Yahoo was interested in buying Potluck the product, so we couldn't. But like, so we couldn't really, anyways. So we were kind of in this 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 um, time of like let's experiment with stuff, and yeah. so I think for one of the product launches, like hey, like you know, support on Snapchat, like add us, yeah, um, just come for fun. Yeah. So I mean, wasn't that actually? I got a lot of flack from some people on the team because it wasn't thoughtful at all. It was literally just me like, hey, I'm gonna do this, and I was like, wait, what, Josh? Damn it, <laughs> let this guy tweet, uh, um, which tended to be the case a lot of branch, but no, it's just an experiment. Yeah. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk's oftentimes one of the first people to, from like a celebrity perspective, to jump on these, these platforms. He's been using Snapchat a lot, and I've seen him speak about it too. He's very bullish on it being um, a really good place to engage and authentically engage with people. Yeah. Uh, so then, getting to your point about celebrities, how are they going to allow celebrities and people with huge following to do something more scalable? And stories, I think, is is a, certainly a direction in that that way, but. Yeah, that's why I don't. I don't actually think they will go that way, product direction wise. Like to your point of like you know, like supporting a product for Snoop Dogg is a lot different. Yeah. I was just thinking more of like creation aspect. Um, you're right. You don't really want those like authentic app replies that you got on Twitter unless they did build something on. I don't think they should, given their like higher level goal. But yeah. um, just again, what its its strengths are the authenticity like a peek into what's going on. Like, I view the coolest part about Snapchat for me is I'm not keeping up with college friends that I didn't keep up with before because it's so much easier to just kind of informally hear about their day. Um, Ryan, what's what's been something that's caught your attention recently? Or actually, so, all right, I'm going to rephrase that. Not caught your attention like, oh, that's interesting, but yeah. you've actually found has worked it into your, like, daily, I Mindy. check this thing. And you can't say Mindy. can't say Mindy. I already talked about Mindy. <laughs> yes. last, last week I was chatting about Mindy, which is... Amazing. Uh, you want to talk about Mindy? No, I'm just saying. All right, not Mindy. Okay. Well, so right before this, you mentioned what, and we haven't talked about what at all. And uh, so, for those that don't know, what spelled W U T, it was supposed to start time three months ago. So early on, very quietly. Uh, I don't know if he's got a little bit of Paul's got a little bit of press um, more recently, but it's an anonymous uh, communication broadcasting app, I guess. So what you do is, is it Facebook that they use or contacts? Contacts, I think. Yeah, so you download the app. Yeah, whatever it is. You download the app, you connect with Facebook or, or connect with your contacts, and when you send a message, it's broadcasted to anyone else using the app that's on your contacts list or Facebook friends list, whatever it is, and you, they get a push notification. And whatever that message says, they get that, and that's it. So you can't actually look at a history of, of what messages. It's just sent to them through push notification. You can then, of course, reply. But the entire time, you don't know who it is. You just know it's one of your friends. So it has an element of a secret in that you know, you know, it's someone that you're connected to. You know who it is exactly. And the product is interesting. I've been playing with it off and on. Uh, clearly, it's very early and it's not finished yet. But it's an interesting experiment of like, what will people do? And 
I've used it a few times where I'm walking to an event and I'm saying I'm going to what was the event? Uh, well, ironically, I was going to a secret happy hour um, using what? And it was at uh, anyway some bar, and I was like, I'm going to this bar, and I named it. And somebody else is like, Yeah, I'm going there too. And I'm like, Okay, who is this? It's one of my friends. But who's going to this bar also? And so you can imagine some fun games happening out of that. But the product is so early that it's not. I don't see it taking off in its current form clearly. Uh, but I think it could be another interesting play in this anonymous communication space. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've been fascinated by what, but not from a, it's weird, it's not from a, like, from a different perspective than you. I actually haven't found it that valuable or useful, um, and, like, I tend to find the, like, actual pushes kind of, like, annoying. Yeah. Um, so I know that people focus on the anonymity a lot. I'm really fascinated by the push notifications. So for anyone that hasn't used it, when you open the app, just like Snapchat, the default is composed, so it's just the text box is up, or uh, the keypad's up and it's like you can type whatever you want and just hit send. And then the entire interface is just push notifications. And so one thing I've noticed, and I was talking to, I think, Evan from Snapchat about was like the lock screen is the new news feed and that like that is the, that is the feed you check first. Not Twitter, not Facebook, not anything else. All of your favorite stuff goes in that feed. And so I just thought it was really interesting of what to use, just say like their feed is your the lock screen because you can't, as you said, open the app and see anything. Yeah. So I really am fascinated by the push notifications and um, also like the open to compose, which I think is really cool. But yeah. um, I probably would enjoy it more if it was my friend, if I knew who was sending it. But I know that, again, with secret, at least the narrative is um, the anonymity stuff. Yeah, yeah I can't wrap my, I honest, I'll be honest, I, I can't wrap my head around the, the anonymity part of it. So I have secret, like secret's the same thing, like... So, like, I think for shits and giggles, it's fun, like, to read them. Yeah. But I've never been terribly motivated to be like, oh, I wonder which of my friends is doing, like, wrote that. Because I'm just assuming all of it is basically a lie anyway. Um, and I also assume that eventually somebody will figure out who everybody is. Right. And then you're going to look like... Then, you, then somebody's going to come back someday and be like, why did you do that? Like, like why did you post that? So, I don't know. Just for me, like, I, I see there's a place somewhere for it. But... Um, I don't know, like, just the, the anonymity part for me, like, it's has not yeah. not bought into that as a concept. I think it's going to be what it used to be on the internet, where it's, like, there are lots of different forums and spaces online with various types of identity, and people like different ones depending on who they are or what mood they're in, and so, like, I'm, I'm like you, I have not found Secret but that compelling, I'm like, I don't check it a lot, I have a lot of people I really trust and respect will love it, um, so, like, I buy that it'll be a really thriving community, but I don't think it's going to be this, like, massive thing, um... But I know some people find it really interesting. I, I think that the scoop thing is probably the thing that has caught my attention most is when it's like, oh, that was that scoop is broken on secret. There yeah. definitely been a couple of times of like, I could drop some, you know, I hate that. But, but, but that's, but that's <laughs> very, like, that's very tech bubble centric. Exactly. Right? Like, no, for sure. Like, there's nobody, I mean, it, well, I'd be curious to know here, like, how many people I was know, just you see yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and like, what are you breaking? Yeah, I, lives, you know? So I agree with you. And like, some of the flame wars, like, it, it, Passively reading it is fun for five minutes while you're. It feels like the grocery store checkout line, those magazines where it's like, yeah, I would never read. Them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No one knows you're reading. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> well, so in terms of like real time events, though, I think it's interesting, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of that yet in secret. But imagine, you know, how we would use it, or maybe a teenager in middle America, how they would use it to talk about a TV show or an event that's going on in real time, and 
especially people who are at the scene who can take pictures and video potentially in the future, uh, what does that look like in secret? And what types of information start getting surfaced because people, you know, they don't, they are afraid to share and attach us to their identity. But um, I think the anonymity, it's so hard to build a community with anonymity though. So like I, I completely 180% like buy the like, there's a huge opportunity for something that's not connected to your real identity. So like you can express, you can tend to interests that you would be uh, embarrassed to tell your friends about. You can, I mean, I really buy into that, but with anonymity, you can't get to know the regulars, even if they're like, you know, Sharkfin87. Like, they're if you see Sharkfin87 10 times, then like, you start to have like an idea of their personality and the things they like. Yeah. The thing with, and so that's the thing, I think the media loves to get caught up with the like, oh, it's like your alternative identity, but it's like, they, in other words, like I would be much more interested in secret if it was like pseudonyms where I knew they were friends, but I wasn't sure which one. But like I could, there was Shark Finity Seven each time. Yeah. Um, did you ever play? Did you play the uh, what was it called Rumor launched about a month ago? No. Did you play no. it? Yeah. So I played with it on the first day and haven't opened it since. And initially, I was very compelled by it. It's similar in that. Well, so the way it works is you create a chat room with some of your friends and you explicitly invite certain friends. So I can invite you, we could be in, us three in a chat room. And if I invite you, you don't know who I am. Uh, I have some sort of icon to represent myself. So I'm effectively a pseudonym for that conversation. And I can start chatting. And it's as simple as that. I can start inviting more of my friends as well. Uh, I haven't found a use case for it though, because when you create, when you create a room, it's interesting at first, but then it's, it's like with many different apps, uh, rarely does that room survive past like that event or that time period. Right. Like what compels you to come back to that room and start talking with these people uh, anonymously? Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, one thing, when I've been getting a lot of pitches recently for things like, for example, I got one the other day, really like enthusiastic, like, you know, a young guy that really wanted like support for, uh, it was like Snapchat meets Frontback or something. But often you'll get these like, combinations of like these things that you know, you know that are popular. And the first question I always ask is, that's interesting, what sort of novel social interaction does it unlock? Or what value does it bring? Because like, yeah. yes, Snapchat was ephemeral. Snapchat was a lot of things that were new, but the thing was like for the first time you had an excuse to talk to people when you didn't really have anything to say. Yep. Or I now could keep, keep up my roommates a lot more passively without scheduling a thirty-minute like phone call like once a month to catch up with my buddy in LA. At least that's how I would describe what those novel product things unlock. So I think probably often with the rumor, it's like that is interesting. You could take the contact books and and contact address book and mash it up with like chat. And it's like I can see how that was a new pairing. But like, what do what do you think that unlocks? So my hunch is, you know, yeah. secret definitely unlocks something. We may. Yeah not think it's that big an opportunity or vile or not have an appeal, but I think some of these other ones, it's like people try to mix and match and without thinking about like, to what end? Like that's a means to what, what is that end that we're unlocking? Yeah. There's also one, one product that actually didn't get much attention, partly because it was, I think, late on the weekend, uh, it was posted, it's called Interlude. It's a platform for people to create interactive movies, essentially. So uh, when you're watching a film, it's like choose your adventure and you the director when filming scenes and so you choose does he save the princess or does he like kill the bad guy or whatever and of course that that is a lot of work to create a film like that but I love the concept of interactive movies and did you guys by chance play Heavy Rain back in the day? No. No. Uh, back in the day being five four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heavy Rain was a great game on the PlayStation uh, PlayStation 3 I think and it was the first I guess interactive real interactive uh, game slash movie that I played and 
you, you go through the storyline as, as a, different characters and you get to choose like what decisions they make and that ends up changing the path of the story and the end result. And I would love to see that over time. Like, What does that look like in a movie theater when you have an audience of 200 people deciding what the main protagonist does? Yeah. Uh, That's I, we'll eventually get there. secret so you don't yeah. know who, who <laughs> yeah. said anything. Although yeah. in, that, in that realm, one thing that blew my mind the first time I used it was Monument Valley. Have you guys? Oh, yeah, I played that, yeah. Yeah, it just, like, I'm not actually a big gamer, so maybe that's not actually that cool, but, like, I download it, it's just, like, you go into, like, the way it's executed and the... the I don't well, it's know, almost like, like, it's not, it's in some ways not a game. Like, they, no, it's, it's not, it's, it's an, ex- that's why I was like, yeah. this is, new, like, this is, uh, yeah, if you haven't heard, like, I like weird new shit, I'm not even sure why I like it, but, like, yeah. I was like, this is, like, an experience or something, I don't know. Check yeah. it out, Monument Valley, you know what I mean? I, it sounds really crazy, you want to talk about it. Yeah, they're based in London. Uh, they're, yeah, they're an agency. It's really interesting, they're an agency. Yeah. So they're ba- they were founded in London, they have an office in New York, I think they have an office in one or two other places. Yeah. So they're part like digital agency for brands, part build stuff in-house. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's why. Yeah, and me and Mills uh, are connected on Snapchat. He says the weird Snapchats. Mills, if you're hearing this, uh, I love your Snapchats, but they're weird. He'll appreciate that. Um, but yeah, they, they're pretty the cool game, and it, it's very much like a piece of art, uh, and they've worked in the screenshots as part of the game yeah. itself, which is really clever. Yeah, the um, TimeHop founder, uh, Jonathan, told me that fifth, oh, I forgot, it was over 50% of sharing in TimeHop, which is actually used by a lot of younger demographics, which kind of surprised me, but um, mm. over 50% sharing comes from screenshots. So they've been tracking young people or people screenshot, you know, the thing in time up, and then they choose where to share it. So yeah. that screenshot is going on iMessage or Facebook or Twitter and Instagram or who knows where. But, you know, I think screenshots is just like an underutilized thing. There's something about screenshots that screenshots feel authentic because it's exactly what you're seeing. Yeah, I screenshot all the time. And, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm connecting more with people where I show them exactly what I see rather than using the, like, standard kind of export, yeah. which usually cuts out some of, like, the cruft and the rawness of, like, the chrome around the right. right, right, There's right. something fun about it. Yeah, authentic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have, um, I have a, a wish for product hunt. Yeah? Or, like, yeah. <laughs> um, so Sorry, I, we're out of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta go. We got our feature list here. No, Hold no, on. No, no, this is, no, this is good. In terms of, like, yeah. I, I thought it was cool to talk about, like, what you your mission and like why you, what you hope it enables. Yeah. So I was recently, um, and we're working with a bunch of engineers in London. So I was in London, I hopped over to Paris and what, went to Lisbon yeah. in London and met with entrepreneurs in all these different places. And it was insane. Like, I mean, not surprising in retrospect, but the caliber of people building stuff in all those places is insanely high. Like, you know, the people I met at Startup Lisboa, which is a co-working space in Lisbon, like, you could, you're just as smart, if not more talented than the people that I meet in New York and Silicon Valley. Yeah. And you talk to them about what they're doing and they, you know, they're like, we have engineering resources. Actually, it's easier to hire and it's cheaper. And like, you know, there's a lot of resources online to learn how you build a product, right? And their essays and their podcasts. Yeah. And the one thing that we're, it's hard is the access to capital. Um, and that, you know, people aren't here. The angel investors just don't. Right, Anyways, I mean, that's very relevant to where we are in Memphis. I was just talking with someone about that. And, you know, it's very hard, relatively hard right and like a lot of the angel investors especially in europe are like harsher terms because they're born around anyways but moral story is one of my favorite like the like just the best guy in the world i met in lisbon is a guy named um jamie george i think his name is anyways he put a product up called codice on yeah. product hunt the other day and it went to the top page and like got voted on and like that was like a 
I'm so happy he's being celebrated because a this is an awesome product that would be like celebrated so much more if it was in the states and just like so like in terms of democratizing it, I hope more that it helps people overseas yeah, yeah. Um, because I actually think that it's not as somebody who like was a sociology major and had no connections to anyone like I don't think it's that hard in the states if you're really like enthusiastic and building something awesome to get connected to people because all everyone is so welcoming. But I think yeah. when you're a different country, you speak a different language, barriers there actually are a lot greater. So yeah. I hope, my hope for Proudcon is that people like Jamie can, and Codacy can like get their moment. So yeah. check out Codacy. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right now we have uh, about 55% of the people are in the U.S. and of that, about 10% in San Francisco Bay Area. So that's the densest place. But we have people in Canada. We have people in Europe. Uh, so it is international in I would like more of that perspective, uh, you know, too, because there's some interesting things happening in these other areas that we don't see or I don't see, especially like in the city of San Francisco. Yeah. So, cool. This is fun, guys. Do you uh, have anything to plug? Twitter? Uh, anything? I guess, I, you know, I, I, fucked, I fucked it up at the beginning. I'm going to plug, <laughs> uh, I'm now investing in Betaworks, and I really like weird stuff that's hard to explain. Ooh, um, okay. Or, like, just the ones that, like, one thing that I've noticed is that I think it's an interesting project that decision to have a one-liner on product hunt. Yeah. Like I like the things that it's hard to write a one-liner for. That like, how would you write a one-liner for you know Snapchat or like something yeah. like that when it started? So if you're built something and you have no idea how to raise money or you don't think you can raise money because it's just like this weird little toy, but it makes you laugh or whatever. Like my email is josh alexander miller at gmail which is longer than I actually would go. J A M at FB.com. That's easier. Um, send me a prototype. You know, again, like I, I wanted to get involved for people that like aren't trying to raise money or like don't know how or scared by them just building something awesome. Yeah. Or even if you're not, even if you just, I don't know. What's the, <laughs> if you can say, what's the craziest idea that you've been pitched? Honestly, I was talking to Borthrick about this. I haven't been pitching anything that crazy. It's been kind of a bummer. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah. yeah that, that's a challenge. Right no, but I mean. <laughs> crazy good, though. Crazy. But I think it's a problem is that, like, you have to convince investors. So it needs to be, like, somewhat logical and smart. It's actually I'm th- something I'm thinking a lot about at Facebook is, like, mm-hmm. when you're in a really big company where there are a lot of really smart people, how can really novel, weird ideas bubble to the top if you have to convince 18 people that it should the public should see it or that it's yeah. worth a million-dollar seed round? So... You know, I think part of it's because, like, you know, I don't see as many things as someone like Kevin Rose or even close, but I think part of it is just, like, when you raise money, like, you got to think strategically about your roadmap, and that's why I'm like, if there's anyone that doesn't want to raise money and build something that makes them smile, like, that's the kind of thing I want to see. Yeah. That's cool. Where have you been? You've been, you've been writing a bit, too. You stopped the day. Yeah, I was writing, I was blogging, I decided, I don't know why, honestly can't remember, I decided to blog uh, daily, and I think, I can't even remember how long I made it, but it was like 30-ish days or so, like it was pretty, it was a pretty long stretch, and then I got sick. Was it all product, like product stuff, or was it just like anything on top of mind? Just anything, so, um, so I've been angel investing for about a year, so some of it was angel investing based, some of it was product based, um, startup based, um. So, so I got, then I got sick because when you live in Halifax or anywhere pretty much in Canada during yeah. the winter, like you're going to travel all the time. Yeah, you're going to get sick. So, and then I stopped and I haven't blogged, for, I think now for like two months or longer. So I just, I haven't been able to get into a routine. Um, I don't know when this um, podcast will go live. Go live Tuesday. Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll pitch one thing that we're doing at Go Instant that we just launched today, a side project. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's called Ouija. 
um, and it's inline, real-time inline commenting for Ghost, which is a blogging platform. Um, and so, um, as part of Salesforce, we do a lot of stuff that's like targeted to the enterprise inside of Salesforce, which is which is great. But we also go after grassroots developers. Um, and so Ouija is like a side project. Three of the, the guys at GoInstant built about a week, a week and a half. That's awesome. Um, and so, you know, Ghost is like one of those growing platforms. We just look for, you know, platforms or products uh, or things that are gaining traction and then say, you know, can we apply something? Can we add value into the community? And it's open source, which is cool. Can we add value and can we obviously, you know, combine that with, you know, the heart of what makes GoInstant uh, interesting? And so... Um, so we just launched the preview version of that today, um, and uh, and we'll see. So if that gets traction, it's one of those grassroots projects that you know we have the ability to then just continue to invest in, even though it might not be clear how that aligns sort of with a Salesforce. Yeah. Um, that's fine, and in fact, in many ways, it does because Salesforce does a lot of um, grassroots sort of developer evangelism type stuff, a lot of things with Internet of Things, so a lot of cool stuff. So it's just a cool side project for us, um, but you know, Ghost is pretty good blogging platform, um, and it doesn't have a commenting system, and so, you know, if we can build one that people like and hack on, then by all means, so. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Ouija is a weird word, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's O-U-I-J-A dot I-O. Yeah. Okay. O-U-I-J-A dot I-O. Yes. I remember looking at the landing page you have, if I remember correctly, you have a nice little animation, kind of like. Yeah, of the Ouija board Ouija, thing. Yeah. 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 Like so. That. Anyway, so that, I mean, those are fun things that we get to do at GoInstant, just like side projects, open source projects, try to contribute into the community and see if it gets traction. So, yeah, there you go. Awesome. What's your plug? My plug? Um, so for those that haven't heard, there's a thing called Product Hunt. Uh, <laughs> check it out. It's kind of cool. If you like products, you might like it. Uh, you know, uh, I don't need to plug anything. Just listen to the show. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. This was a kind of last-minute uh kind of set up here. We're, again, in this crazy garage. Laughing Tap. Yeah. You know, I'm going to check that, that box of Laughing Tap. <laughs> that is empty, though. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's empty, but at least we have pound cake. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just, just yeah. the way it is. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's fun. Take care, guys. Thank you.